Optimize My Life, the ultimate radio show where we unlock the secrets to living our best lives. Now, before we dive into this exciting journey of self-improvement and empowerment, I want to take a moment to thank our incredible sponsor, The Hope Collection, for making this show possible. Their unwavering commitment to spreading hope and positivity in our lives is truly remarkable. We believe in the power of interaction, so we want you to be a part of this incredible journey. Call in, write to us, or connect on social media. We'd love to hear your questions, experiences, and challenges. Together, we'll create a thriving community of like-minded individuals, supporting each other to thrive and shine. Good afternoon, good morning, good evening. It is Wednesday, which is Nutrition Day. Nutrition Matters with Beth Wyman. And today is Part B, or the second part of Supplements and dieting and how there are so many which ones are healthy which ones are not which ones are bogus here to answer all the great questions you may have welcome hi mary thank you i'm great today um i'm actually sitting in my new office so it's a little echoey. There's not much in here yet. But I am branching out and um, not just working from home. Nice. Stepping up. Yeah. So it's nice because it's actually in the gym where I work out. So it's very convenient. So, it's a double bonus. Exactly. Um, yeah, I wanted to continue with weight loss supplements this week because there is just, there is so much out there. And since I'm looking things up um, for the last episode that we did on it, of course, like my algorithms change and everything. And so I've been seeing even more stuff come up that I just 20 pounds in a month or how I lost 30 pounds in six weeks and like this kind of stuff. So um, it's been really eye-opening to see what's out there for suggestions uh, when people go to like the internet and social media trying to lose weight, right? It's not, it's not what I normally see. Well, especially now that, you know, I think back when we talk about, you know, weight loss supplements, I think back to HydroxyCut and and Nicole Smith. Yeah. And, you know, and how you don't have to change your diet, just take a pill and you're going to be healthy. Lose all this weight, it's just going to fall off. 
Right. And so that's part of the interesting thing is that, so when I, so this is sort of my like process, right? For any, like really any recommendation that I see pop up on social media or if a client comes to me and is like, okay, you know, I'm taking this supplement or I was thinking about taking it, um, I go to look and see if there have actually been research studies done about it. Um, so I'm looking like past the stories, right? Like I'm looking for actual research, not just what one person experienced with it. Um, so when you're looking at research, right, there's there's a very broad that's a, like a broad net to just say research. Um, what I'm looking for are um, like clinical trials where you've got um, essentially is like a blinded study. So they don't the the participants don't know whether or not they're taking the supplement, and most of them are all following some sort of like health and exercise program. So they're all there with the intention to lose weight. They're all doing some kind of diet and exercise, but one group is taking the supplement and one group is taking like a placebo, like a fake pill basically. Um, and that's going to show you like, okay, what's the influence of that particular supplement? Um, and then the other piece of it is like not just is there a difference between the two groups, but how big is the difference? So, and this is like we have whole classes on this in um, in undergrad, like when I was going to college, of how to read and interpret research, how to write research papers, things like that. So this is honestly drawing on a lot of that type of information, and it's. Um, what you're looking for is a, a significant difference. Um, and so the it needs to be statistically significant in order for, like, a dietitian or a provider to be able to say, yes, this is going to make a difference in your health, right? We want to see a statistical significance. Um, it kind of rules out the the possibility that it's just, like a fluke, right? Like it happened to help like a little bit um, because with with any kind of study with humans, there's a lot of factors involved, right? It's really, really hard to control everyone and make it super exact. So there is sort of like this margin of error where <coughs> it might not necessarily be the supplement. It might just be kind of what's happened with the group of people that they were using. Um, the other way to get rid of that error is to have bigger and bigger studies, right? So if you see a study that's done with like 20 people, you be small. Um, what I'm looking for is like hundreds of people but and how it changed for them because then as you get more and more people, you start to get, like a better um, picture of how it translates to the rest of the general population. Um, so in some of the supplements I looked up today, like there are in fact like peer-reviewed studies on them, 
but they're very small. It's one with 20 patients, one with 50 patients, so not huge. Uh, and there's some other issues with those studies that we'll definitely touch on too because it's not, you know, on the surface level, it looks like, oh, well, there's like a clinical uh, research paper out about it, so it must be good. The way I see it is more of it's a call for more research, right? It's saying, hey, we found this in a small population. Now let's find out what happens with more people, right? Um, so it's like kind of on the edge of it might work, it might not. And then there's also you get into like, okay, well, what were the side effects too? Um, and that's interestingly, uh, you know, the, the injectables for weight loss right now are kind of a big thing, right? Gobi and things like that. Um, and yes, they do in fact change how your body is using your food, but one of the big side effects is like nausea, right? So are you losing weight because you've changed how your body is metabolizing the food, or are you losing weight because you have no appetite because you're nauseous? Um, so it's kind of a, a toss-up. I don't know. I still haven't decided my, like, distinct feelings on the injectables. Um, there's, there's a lot with those, for sure, which is why, like, I kind of am trying to keep these to, like, oral weight loss supplements, right, like pills we would take or not, I would not take, but somebody might be interested in taking. Um, you know what I didn't well, I know if there are, like, weight loss drinks. Um, a lot of people that watch like the housewives shows are starting to follow this trend of, you know, go and drink all the time and go get these um, IVs put in to help with rehydration and, you know, injecting, getting these injections done because these are what these celebrity people do. Yeah. So IVs have a time and place, right? Like, I've been rehydrated with an IV before. And when you're at the point that you need it, it's a great option. Um, but I have a lot of questions, right? I'm very hesitant about just being able to go get an IV because you want it, right? Like, I, and I don't know the process, and I don't know if, like, every IV infusion clinic is different, but hopefully there should really be some sort of, like, triage, right, of why are you here, what's your medical background, because there are some people where IV hydration is is not safe, right? They, they cannot handle it. Their body cannot handle that extra fluid, Um and so that becomes a concern. And then with these vitamins, right, there are not, some of the vitamins, there are, like, toxic levels of them where you can run into problems um, and have side effects from it. So 
It depends, like, what's in the mix that they're injecting. Um, but a lot of times, like, with with water-soluble multivitamins, like, that you would just take, if you don't need any of it or you don't need, like, a good portion of it with those water-soluble vitamins, you're essentially creating really expensive pee because you excrete them through your urine. So it just, it becomes like, is it really needed? Like, do you actually have a deficiency or do you actually have like an increased need for that vitamin for some reason? And I don't know enough. I Like, I would love to learn more about it. Like, I don't know enough if, if like the clinics are, evaluating that kind of thing before they're giving these injections, right? Just because a celebrity did it doesn't mean it's great. And a lot of times these celebrities, like, have a lot of money, right? So they have, like, private physicians that are telling them what they need. So, yes, they may be doing these injections, but they have a medical team behind it that the average person might not have. Are you still there? This is weird. I can't really hear anything. Hopefully you can still hear me. I'm just going to double check. I am double checking with Mary that she can still hear me. Oh, are you still there? Yep. Sorry, I had to go. My kid ran out the door, so I had to run check on him quick. Oh, geez. Okay. I was just messaging you to see if you could still hear me because I, like, I usually hear, like, a little bit of white noise, and all of a sudden it was gone. So, yeah, I muted myself just in case the dog barked because my garbage man has the bad timing of trying to come when I'm on a meeting or a radio show or something, so my dogs will go crazy. Of course. No, you are good. Because why wouldn't it be? But, all right, good, good. Um, I don't remember what I was saying. Oh, yeah, the injectables. Yeah, it's there's a time and a place, and I think that they should be controlled, um, and there should be some sort of an evaluation beforehand. But I know, like, I know around here there's actually, like, a plastic surgeon's office that does infusions and vitamin injections, um, which is like, I don't know, that's very interesting to me, but it seems to cross a little bit of a line, right? Like, technically, yes, he can, hopefully he's, he, I think it's a, a balance. Hopefully the surgeon is, like, evaluating the need for those first before just administering them. Um, yeah, but I know it's super trendy and we like to do things that celebrities do, but forget that celebrities have like a whole team behind whatever they do. Um, and it, their lifestyle is just very, very different. Um, but if you're right, like this is definitely something that should be run past your doctor before you go try it, even if it doesn't necessarily have to be. Um, 
and like we've said before on here, same thing with supplements, right? Either talking to your doctor or your pharmacist to make sure that it's not interacting with medications that you're currently on. Um, it's really important because there are some, so like one of the ones that keeps popping up on my feed now that I've been looking at these more is, um, I'm probably going to butcher the name, Tejoti Root. Um, it's T-E-J-O-C-O-T-E. Um, and immediately when I go to like do some research on it, the first thing that comes up is that um, it can cause like really big problems with your heart and your breathing. So for somebody who already has problems with that, it's a really bad choice. Um, and there's, yeah, apparently that one, even though it's all over um, my social media feeds now, is very dangerous and not rooted in any sort of actual, like, weight loss benefit. Um, so like five new weight loss drugs coming out on the market within the next five years, according to Time Magazine. And it's, they're all targeting diabetes patients who can't lose weight. Yeah, so I feel like a lot of things, when I was looking up um, supplements, it's all about, like, not only weight loss, but also blood sugar control, right? Because diabetes has become more and more of a problem over the years um, and something that more and more people are dealing with. Diabetes, though, is 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 so fascinating to me, which is how I ended up getting, like, my, my special certification in that. Because, yes, sometimes you do need medication because your body genuinely needs that help to function, right? So think of, like, type 1 diabetics. Their pancreas doesn't make insulin. They're always going to need insulin. It doesn't matter how well they eat, right? It has – their diabetes is absolutely no indication of their weight status, how well they're eating, things like that. They just – their body doesn't make something that, like, my body makes, right? If my body makes insulin to process carbohydrates, theirs doesn't. So they'll always need that. Versus um, type 2 diabetes, it kind of depends, right? It depends why it's there. So sometimes it's, it's something that you can control with diet and exercise. Um and sometimes it's just that it, it's so type 2 used to be considered like diabetes for adults and like old age, right? Kind of as your body starts to not work quite as well. And so with those, sometimes, like I said, you can manage it through diet and exercise, and sometimes you also need medication. Um, and Typically with diabetes medication that's not insulin, what it's doing is like helping your insulin be more effective is kind of the best, like the simplest way to put it. Um, and what we're seeing now is that diabetes is happening to people younger and younger. Type 2 diabetes is happening to people that are younger and younger, um, which 
historically we haven't seen. Um, and they're, they're getting put on medication to help their insulin be more effective, right? And the insulin helps to put the carbs away in your cells and helps your body use up the, well, not use up the carbohydrates, but it helps it put it away, right, and store it more or less. Um, and I think a disservice that's been done is that I don't think that we, as like a healthcare system, do a great job of highlighting the, the importance of lifestyle changes because it's harder, right? It's harder to change your lifestyle. It's easier to just add a pill in the morning. Right, um, and you know, and the other that part is, is that, one, we make it really confusing for people to learn how to count all the stuff to eat properly, but we are, our pharmaceutical world creates pills and machines to do all the work for us, and we're marketed to believe it. I had a friend that was hugely overweight, and she was type 2 diabetes, and she'd go to Burger King all the time. I know, I worked there. <laughs> but instead of changing her diet, changing her exercise, you know, the doctors sitting there with her and explaining things to her, they just give her the pump. So she could still go to McDonald's or Burger King and eat, and then it would just automatically regulate her system for her. Yeah. Yeah, which I mean, it's, it, I guess, like, it's a Band-Aid, right? Like, it's, it's, fixing the sugar problem, right? It's fixing the high blood sugar, but it's not really fixing it. It's just a temporary patch, more or less. It's going to keep happening versus a lot of times if you can change your diet and your lifestyle, you can, You're once you're diagnosed with something like diabetes, you're never like, undiagnosed, like the diagnosis never goes away, but it can be put in your chart, like controlled with diet and exercise or controlled with lifestyle modifications. I've seen it written too, right? So it's it's very possible, but it does take more work, right? It takes, it takes like, I mean, some of it comes back to like, um, like the mental aspect of it too, right? You have to invest in yourself. You have to take the time to take care of yourself. So a lot of times it comes down to like, what's your motivating factor? Like, are you motivated to take care of yourself and to be the best version of yourself? Um, Or is that, you know, not your priority? Which is sad, but it's very much true. And that's the hard part. Only one that I know of that, you know, goes away is if you've got digestional diabetes. Gestational diabetes, yeah. So that's like ends up being in your chart as like history of, yeah. Mm -hmm. But you have an increased risk Um, of developing type 2 later on in life. If you follow the regimen, you keep your blood sugar under control, and you get t- you retest after the baby's born to see if everything goes back when your hormones everything goes back to normal. Right, and it's it is just an increased risk. It's not even a guarantee. Like you know, it's not saying oh you're definitely going to get diabetes later. It's just it's been sh- 
shown to increase the risk. That's all. Like, it's not, it sounds scarier than it actually is, I guess, is, is a good way to put it. Right. The um, scary part for me was the first risk they tell you is that the baby has a good chance of being bigger. Oh, yeah. That is a nightmare. That's if your sugar is not controlled. Right. Um, You're thinking about trying to push out that baby. It's like, no, I don't need, yeah, that's the nightmare part. Nobody needs to try to push out a 10-pound baby. That's awful. That sounds horrible. Wait a minute. I'm glad my mother did. I was a (laughs) 10-pound baby. Yeah, but that is a baby child. Hey, you made it. Well, I'm I'm six foot two today, so I guess. Um, then just think, can you think of Shaq O'Neal's mother? Oh my God, <laughs> he's seven foot tall. I mean, you know, you women are so wonderfully been equipped to be able to deliver the miracle birth of a child, and and um, uh, I know, you know, we've been so fortunate and blessed today because the medicine is so advanced that we can recognize when there's issues that can be dealt with. And, you know, I found out, even after I've had my stroke, I found out that corn was not a vegetable, but it's a starch. Well, I used to buy in summertime in Buffalo um, a dozen ear of corn and a half dozen fresh tomatoes, slice them up, make a tomato salad, a little onion, a little um, Italian dressing, slice up the, uh, cook up the corn and get a pound of butter out. I was in my glory. And I did that for, well, for six years anyways. And um, I've, I still eat a lot of corn. We live in the Corn Belt and uh, Buffalo. It's great. But I also found out that um, swallowing a bottle of, um, or eating um, carnation malt, chocolate malt, and I used to love malt shakes, that necessarily wasn't going to help me either. In fact, um, <laughs> that really rose my blood sugar high. And I found out that little Debbies are not my cakes. Little Debbie cakes are ones with the Christmas trees and rare bunny rabbits. Every year they got Halloween and pumpkins. Those are not my friend. And so no, I've had to adjust what I eat. I still have one now and again, but I've just adjusted my diet and, all right, now I'm sitting at 5.6 at a, um, a diabetic level, and my, I lost 25 pounds, and I'm, um, my blood pressure is 120 over 78. My, I just had that. I had a physical last week. So my doctor is pretty happy with my status. I do control my blood pressure and my diabetes with a pill. One's called Rebelsis. I couldn't pronounce the other one for the blood pressure, but it's working. <coughs> and um, we're getting along here pretty good. Um you want to go on. I'm healthy enough to go get a new knee in January, and then you go to um, Cancun to recover. See, you can still Ooh, live very nice. in spite of issues. I had a stroke, and I'll tell you what, I was in a bed for 30 days. So you can survive these things, and you can keep going. But I will tell you a couple things my doctors really impelled, and were proud that I could tell them that for I don't know, my entire life uh, from when I was 22 years old to that time, I'd taken organic, natural food supplements. And they're proven and they're great and they're some of the best, most tested pharmaceutical-grade products. They're not cheap. But between that, my 
good, healthy aerobic exercise by dragging a, a 50-pound bag around the airports for most of the last 15 years of my working life there and having good cardiovascular that way. When I had my stroke and in good health, and um, it helped me beat, beat it. So I'm here talking today. So I just encouraged, by the way, my nutritionist came to my bed one day, and uh, we had just changed. You know, they want you to drink fluids when you're in the hospital and after you've had a stroke, they give you pills. Well, they gave me regular ginger ale. And then they wondered why I couldn't get my blood sugar down. Well, I told oh, Linda when they bring me, we had access to a product called Excess, no sugar, no carbs, no ca- low caffeine, just really good stuff. And um, it's an energy drink, and they're available. And I'm going for a case to be delivered to my door right now. But I'll tell you what, my, my nutritionist took the can I had on the desk. It wasn't open, and she came back a day later. She ordered a case and told me I could drink three cans of that a day without any problem in my life, and it probably would help me get better. Good. I can say that having good nutrition, and I, I love what you bring to the table every week, sharing with people to make sure that you're taking care of yourself. And so we endorse and we promote and we love what you're doing. We thank you for it. Oh, thanks. I love doing this. So it's, it's I don't know, it makes me happy. I love doing this every week. Well, we're proud and excited to have you on board. By the way, in, yeah. in Christmas, if you're in Buffalo for any reason, we have an open house on January 30th, or December 30th. That's the day before New Year's. But we have an open house party. You're welcome to come on down. We party up good. <laughs> oh, nice. I so. don't currently have plans to be in Buffalo then, but it is only five hours from me. There you go. Yeah, it's quickie. Well, I hey, Linda hey. asked me. She's uh, Linda is actually with her hairdresser that comes to our home and does her hair for her, and this was the only time they had for her to come and get together to do that. So, and then her girlfriend decided to have the Linda's has been doing her hair for years. You know how you ladies, you got somebody that knows what they're doing, cuts your hair the way you like or your husband likes, and you know you get one, you don't want to lose her, and you take care of them, and they take care of you. So that's what's going on. So she couldn't be on the call today. Normally it wouldn't be an issue. But she said, well, Ryan, won't you go on for me? <laughs> so here uh, I am. Yeah, that, that's, those care appointments are very important. Best coming down Hi, Mary. for Memorial Weekend. I know weekend. Mary is there. I'm sorry, Mary. Beth is going to be down for Memorial Weekend. Yeah. Oh, wonderful. Well, I, I, we're just getting the plans off the ground for that. We actually have a track record now, so we we learned some things and we've got prepared and we, we have some some things will will be life-changing and experience that will it just, I, I can only say, yeah, Memorial Day is, is not just a celebration. It is a remembrance. But we turn the day into a celebration and respect. And uh, we have picnics and things like that or hangouts. Uh, we have special programs at the Buffalo Naval Park. And this year, we already have an invitation. If you ever want to go online and look at an incredible, meet an incredible man who is a philanthropist. He's literally built a children's hospital in our community, which is one of the top ones. His name is Russ Salvatore. He's a restaurateur, and he has 
uh, when rated as high as number seven best steakhouse in the United States. And Beth and uh, Mary will tell you his food's not too bad at the restaurant. Um, <laughs> too bad. He's built, in the U.S. He built, when he built his hotel and his restaurant, he had a piece of property on the busiest street in Buffalo. And he was going to put up a plaza. And he woke up one morning and says, when am I doing this? And he realized it was like Memorial Day at that time. And he realized he had a prime piece of paper, prime piece of property, that he could build a park, a Remembrance Memorial Park to heroes and first responders. And now we have the Patriots Park. It's got a 100-foot flag hanging over it. We've got a depiction of the Battle of the Bulge. We've got the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier. We've got uh, 9-11. It's actually part of the prices of the structure of 9-11 are on display, and they got the uh, bronze, the statues of the firemen and the GIs that are over there, like Mary, that are going there for res- rescue. And um, then there's another memorial to, um, I mean, it's just a whole park. In front. He built that. You can't pass his restaurant without seeing this memorial park and so he's invited us to be there to hold our primary he wants our prime function to be held at his park and of course obviously um dignitaries and guests will be staying at his hotel his hotel is just incredible they got jacuzzis in the back in the room your hotel room <laughs> not tub in the bathroom i mean the real yeah and his dinners is you know he's, he's, we go there. What do you do? You get a uh, we get an overnight stay and a package, and you get dinner for two in his restaurant, and it's so five course meal. And he's got everything. And you get a glass of wine. And you get uh, dessert and everything. And it's like you can have flaming duck or you can have um, um, Chateau Briand. You know, he's actually made dinner for us at our table side, and it's a memorial. It's a, a memorable memorable occasion. And we've had our our anniversary held there about 10 times now. We've been married 50 years. But at least once every 10 years or in between, we get to see him. Well, we see him anyway. He's a friend. But you get to meet him. So that's coming up on Memorial Day that Mary just mentioned. Hey, Mary, I know this is on Hi. the show, but I have a favor to ask you. I, do you. Can you send me a new copy of the bridal um travel brochure that you sent me for Victoria. I can't find it in all my millions of emails and I need to get one copied, a new one printed on gloss paper before she comes at two thirty today. Can you help me with that? Oh my gosh. By the way, so Mary does Mary <laughs> Mary is multi talented. She does everything. She is the absolute key master of all the communications and broadcasts for the Hope Collection, the Golden Rule Society. He controls the shows that we put out. We now have, how many shows do we have now, Mary? I forgot. Besides um, this awesome is your live show. Um, we About got 10 like other shows ago. And so you have coordinated helping people and bringing people together to extend an outreach. And if all goes well on what I'm doing right now, when I get off the call, I'm recording a video email to Mike Huckabee. And we've already sent off a message emailed in their internal communications to invite Captain Lund Kane, retired admiral, the original Top Gun, 
I'm writing and doing a, a video email to invite and ask Mike Huckabee to bring Len Kane on his show. And, and Ariel Stanley, the founder of the Kindness Club for Kids, and asked that they would bring him them on the show and broadcast Len in his admiral uniform and Ariana can wear her Cub Scout uniform and they'll be on stage live on the Huck, Mike Huckabee show broadcast on Saturday and Sunday nights. So we're in the process of making that happen. Excellent. That's, All right, Ron. That's, that's why you, you joined us. I'm sorry. Don't mean to take over the show. You're good. Um, Ron, check your email. I'm looking right now. Give me one minute. Mary Stanley, look at that. Hello, uh, Mr. President. A, uh, Hello. It's Country Boy. I see that. Before you run away, after sharing all that passion, we, you know, you've been practicing doing unto others before, before, before they do unto you, just like Bear. Bear, I wanted to say just while I was kind of just listening in, I, my brain immediately counts things without me counting them, and I've only heard love, love, I love it. Oh, I just love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. It's a love, one nation under love recipe that you guys keep putting into the airways. And best for you, I know just like Ron and the rest of the team, when you mix passion with purpose and action, you create something called miracles. And that's what we do here. We have no hidden agendas. We have no hidden motives on what we do. We have every intention I'm blessing you. And, Beth, we already know that they say, I've been listening to what they say, part of it. Health is your first wealth, is it not? So, Beth, by you being a purpose-driven person, just like that person that you're hosting with, Mary, a passion-driven mom, a passion-driven a humanitarian, when you guys keep 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 putting it out there the way you're issuing it out and people can take it or leave it. Do you want to be made well? <laughs> yeah. So keep doing what you're doing, guys. And because you are being, Ron, I learned this from you, because Beth and Mary you continue to operate out of the spirit of what we call obedience, your obedience and your passion and your action always, always, always before Coca-Cola is the answer to somebody else's prayer. So continue to do what you do because ain't nobody can do what you do like you do when you do what you do. And we feel so honored and privileged to be able to do it with you. Back to you, Mary. It ain't me. It's Beth. I'm the sidekick today. So, I wanted to make sure. Hey, Rod, I'm gonna mute uh, you. You got a loud background. There we go. I was like, I don't know who that is. Um, there. So some other like blends came up when I was looking at weight loss supplements, and typically that's like a red flag, right? When you see like proprietary blend on any kind of supplement. Um, so I took one, I didn't even write down the brand of it because I was trying to stay away from like 
putting any brands in it. Um, but look at one brand and kind of broke down what they had in their blend, in their, like, weight loss, appetite suppressant, blood sugar control blend, right, all of those kind of key buzzwords. And um, there was, again, I'm probably going to butcher it because it's some sort of herb name, Paraluma and 5-HTP. So those two things, there are small trials, right, how I talked about in the beginning, like the size of the trial matters. So these have small, shorter-term trials, right? So with the Caraluma, it's 50, it was a trial of 50 people for two months. And it did show a decrease in appetite and waist circumference in the group that had the, the supplement. However, a couple of my concerns, it's only 50 people in the whole study, meaning 25 of them were using the supplement, and that's it. So small, right? Um, and oh, I didn't write it down, but I believe this was just for people that fall into the obesity category. So if somebody is only in the overweight category, they might not get the same results, right? So starting weight can certainly make a difference. Um, and my other concern is that there's some self-reporting, right? Appetite, a measure of your appetite is subjective. So it's not, it's not great. Once you get into any kind of self-reporting, it's really difficult to say that it's going to change for everybody and kind of extrapolate that to a larger population. I mean, but they did include like waist circumference, which is something very measurable that you is objective, right? There's no subjectivity to it. So it's, it's a hard and fast, either the weight circumference changed or it didn't, and it's measurable and theoretically repeatable. Um, so, like I was saying in the beginning, what that tells me is bigger studies need to be done um, because that's real tiny. And then um, how much they use in a study setting might be different than what you're getting in a um, in a supplement, right? And then this 5-HTP again, was a study with 20 patients, so only 10 were even taking the supplement over six weeks. And again, a little bit of self-reporting, they reported feeling um, full faster. Um, so self-reporting gets really, really messy, but there's potentially these both could, like, make you feel fuller faster, something that you can accomplish with general healthy eating, which is going to have additional benefits beyond just feeling full faster and still eating not great food. Um, if you're eating a higher fiber diet and actually meeting your fiber requirements of 25 to 30 grams a day, you're going to feel full, but you're also going to be like, helping out your gut health and um, consuming foods with, like, vitamins and minerals that you need. So it, by, doing, by doing the same thing and trying to feel fuller sooner but using actual food 
instead of a pill, you're getting like all of these other benefits that the pill can't give you. And I think that that's something that's definitely missed when we reach for a pill is that food doesn't just do one thing, right? A pill is going to do one thing um, versus food is going to take, like what we choose influences our health in a variety of ways from feeling fuller for longer, right? Things that are high fiber, it's going to absorb slower. That's part of feeling fuller for longer. So you get better blood sugar control because it's not a sudden rush of sugar into your bloodstream. So all of these things can also happen for you if you change which foods you're picking, right? It could be as simple as going for like a high fiber bread to use to make your sandwich. Um, or going for like a chickpea or a lentil pasta instead of white pasta, um, including more fruits and vegetables, like making sure you're getting a vegetable at lunch and dinner every day and fruit with breakfast or however it works for you particularly, but that's kind of a general pattern, right? There's a host of other benefits on top of the increased fiber, which will decrease your appetite, make you feel fuller for longer, help with blood sugar control. Like, there's so many other things that happen with that come along with that that you miss if you take a pill. Um, I have a question for you. So you were talking yeah. about how some of these companies are self-reported. How often are those Oh, so the self-reporting was like within the study, the the participants in the study self-reported how their appetite was doing. Okay. Yeah. So it was like at the end of whatever the period was, like, you know, at the end of every week when they had a check-in or whatever their interval was, they would say like, okay, how's your appetite doing? Is it more or less than last week or something like that. So it's it's the um, study participants kind of gauging how they feel, and it's not subjective questions and subjective measurements like that are really, really hard to say, like, a very hard and fast, like, yes, this is making a difference versus um, versus something measurable, like, weight on a scale or body fat percentage or weight circumference like the ones that are used. Like actual objective measurements are always better when it comes to research. Right. Gotcha. All right. That makes sense. Yeah. I know like for instance yeah. the medication my son's on, it's one of the side effects is an increased appetite. For an autistic kid who barely eats, to me it's a godsend. Yeah. You want to eat more. And sometimes, like, medications um, are used for their side effects. Like, they can have, like, a secondary usage, essentially, if it happens frequently enough, where, yeah, the medicine wasn't originally created for this, but it works so well, we can also market it kind of a thing. That was, I don't know if that's normally what it was used for, but that's the one my doctor picked out for him because he has a mild case of gastritis. 
So it's yeah. like a an antihistamine type medication. So it helps with hives and like muscle relaxers and stuff like that. But secondary, they found it helps with reducing the amount of acid in your stomach. So they're pushing it that way for kids. And so yeah, one of the side effects. How, yep. It's sleepiness. You can use it for a side effect and see great benefits. It, it's for sleeping. The side effects are sleepiness and increased appetite. So for me, it's a win-win because I can get rid of the melatonin and he takes this and goes to sleep. Yeah. So it's, uh, it, yeah, then you just need one thing to help with the gastritis and the sleeping all at the same time. That's awesome. And it, do they think that that's something that's going to go away, or is he just always going to have that? Um, we've re-examined, like, how he deals with things. So his big reason for his gastritis is partly my fault. I'll take the blame for this. Is that he regulates, but he don't regulate till he snaps. So he internalizes a lot of stress until he snaps then calms down so once he learns how to regulate and deal with things in real time instead of waiting till he explodes then that'll help and the scary thing is is that the doctor um, the specialist we see is four kids and she said she's seen such an increase in this symptom in kids because they're burying everything instead of talking about it and dealing with issues Oh, that's so sad. Yeah. Uh, Stomach issues and stomach aches for kids, you really got to pay attention and see what's causing it. A lot of times it's stress. I was in first grade. I was getting horrible stomach aches every single day when I got to school. And that's something that, like, my pediatrician and my mom, and I think the school, too, was like trying to help me work on like like deep breathing and and kind of like that stress aspect. It it turns out it was lactose intolerance and it's because I was eating cereal every morning with milk on it. But um but they did have the foresight to look at like, okay, what is you know, is there a stress component to this? Because it the thought was like, oh, it's happening right after I show up at school. Am I stressed by school for some reason? Um yeah, no. I turned out I'm lactose intolerant. And it, I went through the same thing, and to them, they kept saying it was stress, or I internalized it. I needed, you know, to see a, a therapist. But it turned out for me, it was my appendix, and it took like five years for them to figure it out. Oh my gosh! But, yeah, I had a horrible childhood. I was. They just kept giving me Mylax, Mylax, and Mylantas, and things like that, and just saying, "Here, take this as a blanket." So when he started having stomach aches, I wanted to make sure that it was something physical that we could find out if it was, or was it psychological? And it turned out to be both, but I didn't want a blanket fix. I wanted something that we could work with to know how to fix it instead of just treating the symptoms. Until you know. It's good to find out why right and really dig into it and especially like doing it while he's young so that he has the tools to like adapt and 
um, hopefully handle stress as he gets older. And I think that that's something that, like, I know in the school district where my kids are, they do a pretty good job with, like, incorporating, like, that social-emotional learning and um, identifying feelings, learning how to, like, feel them and express them, that kind of thing, that there didn't really seem to be a ton of with them in school. No, and I'm really thankful for that. I just wish we would do it more in real time and not hypothetical with kids. Because some kids can't do hypotheticals. Oh, like more of being there when they have the big feelings to show them what to do? Exactly. Yeah. Especially yeah. now that because takes... we're living in a world of, you know, we have to be happy all the time. Oh, not in it's... my house. Oh, no, not in mine either. But I encourage it. And, you know, it's like the teacher today with my son, they were talking about compassion. And um, what's a good way to show compassion? And he's, you know, to yourself or to others, and he goes, cry. And she was kind of like, well, I guess. And I go, no, actually, that's a good thing. That's a good release. That releases your emotions. Oh, compassion for yourself. Yeah. And so I had to re-explain it so that she'd understand. So she encourages it, especially with my kids. You know, that it's okay to cry. You know, it's a good release for your body. Yeah. Yeah. And it's that, like, self, like, self-compassion, self-care piece, it does play into like I mentioned earlier, a lot of like those health choices that we make as an adult, right? And giving yourself, like basically learning to take care of yourself, like not just brush your teeth, brush your hair, kind of take care of yourself, but like what do you need to actually be healthy? How are you going to keep moving your body when you don't have phys ed three times a week and you're not going outside to play with your friends? Like how how are you going to keep moving your body and taking care of yourself? And like, how are you going to feed yourself so that you've got the right kind of energy? Um, But that takes, I guess, essentially like self-compassion, right? Of, of wanting to care for your own body that you've been given. Exactly. And speaking of which at noon tomorrow, we have a, a guest coming on. That's what she teaches. She is a mom with two special kids. One was is Down syndrome, and the other one ended up with health issues, ended up with kidney issues to the point where she was, you know, needed full-time care for a while there. And it took her completely crashing herself to listen to herself and just take care of herself. And now she created a coaching business to help others in that situation and understanding how yeah, I mean- it is. It's, it's so important to not let it get that far, right? And it's especially, like, as women and moms, I don't think at least, like, that's not what I saw modeled, right? Like, so 
And it's not, like, I guess, like, my mom tried. She did a lot of Weight Watchers type stuff in terms of, like, the weight management aspect, but it wasn't continuous, right? It was that kind of on-again, off-again type thing. Um, And I think that the more that we as, like, moms can model that self-care, self-compassion, the more that we can create that as the norm in our children and so essentially like the next generation um, that like no like mommy does need to go to the gym and we are going to be making food and I am going to sit down at the table with you um, and you know setting boundaries of, of things like no I'm not going to get up and make you a, a different dinner because I'm going to sit here and finish my food we can talk about it when I'm done like things that didn't necessarily haven't necessarily always happened or been like considered what a mom quote unquote should do um, and kind of just changing that narrative. So it sounds like she's doing awesome work. If that's like her whole like coaching business, right? That's important. That's, you know, and I I'm a big believer in, you know, how do we expect our kids to be able to do things if we don't model it? You know, I, yeah. Some people will argue with me on this one, but even just, you know, having disagreements and how to have a healthy disagreement, you know, from the way we eat to, to how we take care of ourselves and give ourselves our own time space to disagreements. If we don't teach our kids how to do that, we don't model it and do it. How, do we expect our kids to know how to do that when they get older? Right. They're not, they're not going to know. They're not, it's not a, a concept that you can right? how you were saying, like not everybody does well with hypotheticals. Like if you just teach it as a hypothetical concept, that's not going to sink in for honestly, most people like, because children see you adults as like, okay, well, this is what adults do. So like, no, kids can't eat dinner over the sink, but, like, adults can. So they, like, look forward to that as, like, a milestone almost, right, even though it's not good. Right. It's like, you know, I think back to some of those old commercials with, like, the Pepperidge Farm commercials where the mom's hiding in the bathroom eating a snack. Oh, yeah. And all things like that, you know. It's teaching yeah, our like kids that, you know, <laughs> yeah, you need your time, but, you know, that's where you teach your kids. Like, my kids know that when dad gets home after dinner, mom goes and hides in her room and does her thing to reset for a while. So you come get me if you need me, but don't bug me if you don't need me. Yeah. Have a couple minutes to yourself. And that, like, so my daughter will come I in was actually and go, can I come in or is it your time? And I'm like, no, come in, what do you want? Nice. That's what I was explaining to somebody, like, one of the hardest things about single parenting is, like, I can't step away for 10 minutes. I mean, my children are getting a little bit older, so, like, 
it'll become possible. But especially, like, when I had an infant, right, I couldn't just, like, walk away for 10 minutes and ignore them, essentially, right? Like, and right. he was an infant, and my son was, you know, four or five years old. He He's not – it's just – it wasn't a thing. But now that they're, like, four and eight, like, I'm trying to start introducing that, that idea of, like, I'm going to sit down for a minute, like, you – don't need anything. Like, I'm right here, but unless you really actually need something that you can't handle yourself, like, give me five minutes. But it's, yeah, that's something I was, I was trying to explain to somebody is, like, probably the hardest thing is just not being able to walk away for a few minutes. I have finally now gotten to that point, and my kids are a little bit older, but they have different needs, but what we did to start with is we used an actual visual timer. Yeah. And so they could see five minutes. Come find me when that when it makes noise. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, now that they're older I can do something like that, which would be nice. But it's, it's just, you know, always changing. Well, they always, you know, at first they always figure all these needs they have all of a sudden out of nowhere that cannot wait the minute you sit down. Mm-hmm. That's the part yeah. I, no I love. It's like all of a sudden their brains click in and they're like, I need this now. I want this. I have to do this. So like, we did no, it's we, actually not. Uh, when we first started, we did it as a family, me and the kids. A five-minute quiet time. We all just sit quietly or draw a color, do something for five minutes. Oh, nice. We all have to call it that idea. Yeah. And maybe, like, doing it together. Um, We are actually after one o'clock right now. We are. So... I don't know how that happened. Eh, that's the great part of radio. You know, you start getting into a roll and you just lose track of time. Yeah. So join us back here next week with Beth with more interesting topics and more ways to help you live a healthier, happier, better lifestyle. And join us tomorrow with Family Time. We have a special guest coming on. And for now, have a good day. Have a good night. See you back here. Bye for now. Thanks, Beth. Thank you, Mary. Bye. Bye. I'll put some ideas for you and um, send it to you on social media. Yeah, absolutely.